Welcome to the You Can Have It All podcast to create a successful business and a thriving family. I am your host, Mona Tavastili from Mompreneurs Worldwide. Hello and thank you for joining the You Can Have It All podcast where we talk about entrepreneurship, family, well-being and impact. Today we're going to talk about a simple yet very profound topic, clarity. Clarity on our values, things that matter to us, how we define success, what our done businesses look like, what successful family life feels like. A lot of times we know what it is that we don't want in life, what's not working. But if I give you a magic wand now and tell you, you can have anything you want in life, do you know what that is? Let's put the cliche dreams like a dream vacation and car and house aside. Do you know what really gives you joy in life? That long-lasting inner feeling that is not attached to chasing the next shiny thing. Let's have this conversation with our guest today, Cara Halber, the Soul Clarity Coach. I already know that I'm going to love this conversation from Cara's title. She believes that clarity is a foundation to growth, confidence, healing, and success. Welcome to the show, Cara. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. I loved that intro. <laughs> awesome. Can we start with talking about yourself, Kara, and what a soul clarity coach does? Mm, thank you. So I obviously um, am an entrepreneur and a mom and I have gone through you know many experiences in my own life, including health challenges and just you know the things that happen. So I really believe that each of us have um, just our story can be so powerful. And over time, when I started to work in the nutrition world, I worked in women's health for about 10 years. And I really started to see this repetitive pattern of people coming to me because they wanted to solve a certain health issue. But really what was underneath was taking care of themselves, was worthiness, was confidence, um, was wanting to leave an inspiration for their kids or really leave a legacy and be an inspiration for their kids. And it got really hard for me to work on the surface level of those things over time. And, and I, I started moving away from that. I really started to work on those deeper questions of what do I need to thrive and not just survive? What's the one thing I need to do every day in order to move towards what I desire. And just like you said, it's, it's those surface, surface desires are wonderful, but what's the desire under your desire? What are you really going for? So it's that depth of a conversation that I love so dearly. And now I call myself the soul clarity coach because I guide people through a process where they can understand what they need to implement on a daily basis. That's simple and effective to get them toward where they want to go. And really, ultimately, what it is, is it's a guide to get to know yourself better, to really dive into that growth world, and to be ultimately very confident in your own skin and really, really show who you are on the inside, on the outside. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I love what you do. To be honest with you, it's the first time that I'm hearing the title Clarity Coaching. And I love that because I think that is really the first step for us to become aware of what is it that we want. And then we can take the actions. I feel that a lot of times we are just taking action based on 
what the outside world tell us the success should look like and it doesn't necessarily and when we reach it it doesn't feel maybe we're happy for a couple of days but it doesn't feel good inside and that clarity having that clarity is the first step so can you tell me more about the process when we talk about clarity coaching how do you work with your clients how do you guide them on their journey I love that. And you totally nailed one of the parts that I talk about all the time, which is that clarity precedes action. And when you're feeling stuck or when you're feeling frustrated or like something's not moving forward, especially when it comes to business, because usually, you know, when our businesses are a reflection of who we are, and I think they all are in some capacity, it can be so frustrating on a personal level when things aren't moving or you're not being heard in the way that you, you want to be or you're not making the impact that you want to be. So even if you just get a snippet of clarity, a moment, a tiny thing to work on, then you can act. Um, and it doesn't mean that you sit around necessarily just waiting for clarity to you know, hit you. And that's part of that process is that you need to be taking guided action. But what that is, honestly, it really depends on you. And I really just act as the facilitator. And I know it's so cliche and can be so frustrating to hear like, oh, you have the answers or like, you know what to do when you're banging your head against the wall. And you're like, no, I don't know what I want. But it's having conversations. And I think it honesty is a really big place to start. And almost always my clients will start to work on something that they didn't realize was the foundation of what they needed to change everything else. So maybe it is their health that they need to shift in order to make it, make big leaps in their business. Maybe they do need to actually prioritize their own self-care and rest. Sometimes it seems very counterintuitive what you do first in order to get more done and be more efficient. But I mean, we live in such a crazy culture of hustle and do it all. And you can, you can do it if you work hard enough. And I really don't believe in those things. Those are not part of my values. I've burnt myself out and I'm sure you can relate. <laughs> I've burnt myself out so many times in my past following those things. And once I realized if I step back, get the support I need, and that can look like a coach, a therapist, you know, a cocktail with a girlfriend, watching a funny movie. There's so many different things that we need, but it's being willing to ask for support and ask for help that I think is the first step. And I love that you mention all the different areas because they're all very much connected to each other. Like sometimes we're trying to fix our business or as you mentioned, lose a couple of pounds or our health, our well-being. But at the end of the day, everything, the, all of these are different dimensions of our lives. And I loved your TEDx talk, Cara. Um, we will definitely add the link to the show notes. I think it's a beautiful talk. And you talk about, um, in your uh, TEDx talk as well, you, you talk about the importance of connection in order to find that alignment in life. Can you please tell us more about this? Mm, I love that. Connection has been a theme, obviously, that I've worked with so long for so long. And it's been actually something that's come up probably three times in the last couple of days. So I love that we're having this conversation. Um, but again, connection really to ourselves and to others is something that we lack or a lot of people lack. I won't generalize. Um, a lot of people are lacking in, again, a fast paced world where the expectations for ourselves are very high and where we want to achieve a, a lot of things. But when was the last time you just sat 
for three minutes and felt what your body felt like? When was the last time you had an experience just for the sake of having an experience? When was the last time you crawled on the floor to play with your kid and let everything else go? Put your phone away. It's those kinds of present moment experiences that we crave, that I crave, that I need to be intentional about. And the thing with connection is I think it comes so naturally to us that we don't realize that we're missing it and we don't realize that we have to be very intentional with it. A lot of people I work with are very, you know, they're high achieving, they're type A, they've done amazing things in their career and their lives. And they have to work to rest. They have to schedule rest. They have to schedule play. And at first it may not be natural because we've kind of conditioned ourselves out of those things. And it's really about becoming intentional for the things that we take for granted, like connection. Does that make sense? Absolutely. What I loved about your talk, Carol, was that you mentioned there are many goals that we maybe we set for ourselves in our lives that actually doing it is super easy. We all know that we just need to burn more calories than we consume. So either you exercise or you eat less. And yet most people are obese. So why is it that we lose that connection with our inner self that then causes those actions so i think you you explain it beautifully and it makes a lot of sense absolutely i so love that point and and i mean we all know what we all know things we could be doing i could probably list 10 things i would like to be doing but or or would improve my life right away off the top of my head and i think that's really relatable but why don't we do them and a we haven't prioritized them so it's a, it's a it's a wish it's not a true desire that we're willing to implement and B, something else is foundationally missing. Like if you want to go to the gym, right, every day, or you want to go to the gym five days a week before work, it's not the fact that you're not, go like not going there is not the issue. It's that you haven't laid out your gym clothes the night before. It's that you haven't committed to go to a class where there's a late cancel fee to motivate you. There's those things that we have to almost take 10 steps back from what we want in order to gain clarity around, okay, I've been trying to do this. It hasn't been successful. What has been stopping me? And how can I kind of trace backwards to see where I can set myself up for success? And honestly, sometimes it's just about crossing it off the list. Like if you are, um, so I work in this beautiful modality of human design and it really shows us how we best navigate and, and work in the world and make decisions. And for some people, it's not, you know, making those commitments is not in our highest good. So it's about looking at the commitments that we've made that should, quote unquote, improve our lives and move us forward, but they're not working. Do you need to commit to that? Can you just honestly like scratch it off your to-do list and leave it? Or can you course correct it? And that's really where being flexible, like you're not, you're probably not going to hit the thing that you need you know, that foundational corner, cornerstone to change everything, you're probably not going to hit it the first time you try. It's probably going to take a few efforts in order to reach that core thing that will, that will be a foundational habit that will help you build upon that with more ease. So we're not perfect. And I think the expectation, again, this culture expectation of instant gratification, where we try one thing and then we expect it to have worked yesterday, <laughs> 
<laughs> so there's the the also the perseverance and the willingness to change what you were doing and be more flexible instead of just saying this isn't working or this gets hard and and now I'm going to quit. Exactly. And something um I feel that we have a lot in common. Kara, I, I already this is our first proper conversation, but I'm sure it's not going to be the last. One of the things that I personally love is the dealt logical levels of change. Uh, which has the different layers in the pyramid from environment, behaviors, capabilities, values, and beliefs, identity, and purpose. So from my own experience, a lot of times when we put that discipline and we try to change that behavior, sometimes it's more short-term than long-term. But when we work on our values and beliefs to change that identity, and that purpose changes, it lasts much longer. As an example, a few years ago, I started uh, Detox, which was um, a part of Tony Robbins' uh, Unleash the Power Within. One full day was about well-being and health, and he gave us a 10-day detox, which is nothing um, that has a face, as he calls it. So it is completely vegan, but also no alcohol, no coffee, no smoking, etc. And you start with your day with uh, lemon juice and um, uh, green juice, etc. I remember the first time it was really hard. I had to use discipline in order to go through those 10 days. But then after the 10 days, I felt so good that they started doing it every quarter and then every month. And I realized that I am actually a better person during those 10 days compared to the other 20 days. So I feel that my identity somehow changed. And then I watched a couple of documentaries about being vegan, etc. So the values and beliefs changed. And then all of a sudden, after two years, I didn't want to eat meat anymore. So when that identity shifted, it wasn't anymore the discipline that I was engaging. It was the identity that shifted. And I felt that in your TEDx talk also, you were talking about establishing that alignment between our mind, body, and soul that then will result in effortless actions. So can you share your own experience as well, please, in this area? Yes, I love that. I love that. Um, and I think food and and that realm, I mean, not only did I work in it for 12 years, but I feel like the health realm is so, um, it's such a good example because it's so relatable. I mean, we've all tried to shift our diet and then we see what comes up for us, whether it be emotionally, mentally, spiritually. Um, and it's really all about self-experimentation. So, I mean, that's a big part of my journey as well. Like when I was... Um, really not feeling well and went through my own health journey, I really couldn't eat without being in pain. And it was, you know, it was this time in my life that I can now look back and I'm grateful for because I met some amazing people and I learned so much about myself. But it was also a very dark time when mm. I had so many things going on in my body. I was trying to run one of my first businesses and just really, you know, it was really not being successful. And yet, you know, I kept, kept, I just, I had this drive and I knew I was intended to do something like this, to be an entrepreneur of some sort, but I was so disconnected from myself. And over time, what I really realized was the underlying thing that was causing this disconnect was I didn't value myself. And I didn't think I was worthy and I didn't think I was good enough. And I would have never before that time said those things or thought of those things. It really took me doing further education in the health world to realize that I had a blind spot when I was trying to coach people through this and that I was like, how do I, you know, how do I help someone realize they're worthy? It was just this, this question that I could not even wrap my head around. 
And of course, later going for a walk, I realized that it's because I didn't, I, I hadn't experienced it myself. So I think a lot of the times, like you said, I wish that, you know, some change. So I'm all about alignment. And I mm-hmm. think that things can change in a moment when you are aligned. And sometimes the external results take a little while to, to catch up to you when you reach that alignment. And sometimes you see people who have these beautiful breakthroughs in life and in business or someone cre- like does an incredible feat like they run a, an Ironman. Um, but what we don't see, it's those things that we're so attracted to, we're attracted to to the quote unquote overnight success. We're attracted to the six figure launch. We're attracted to the Ironman Mm -hmm. result. But what very few people share is this unsexy work and the discipline and the hours and the commitment that it takes to get there. So for me with my food healing journey, it was probably like, a seven year journey of figuring out what works best for me while acknowledging that that's going to change and shift over time. And in business, we see these overnight successes and I'm sure we've all heard this before too. You hear people say, no, it looked like I had an overnight success, but I was, you know, it took 10 years (laughs) to get to that overnight success. And that doesn't mean you can't have change along the way. Like I think that's, we do such a disservice when you're going towards a goal or when you're running a business or when you're changing your health, when you're parenting, I think we do such a disservice to ourselves by expecting the result, like having the before and the after, and there's nothing in between. There's so much beauty in the journey, in the in-between, and you're still going to be getting results during that time too. It's not so black and white. And I guess it's not so, you know, it's not so flashy. It's not so, it doesn't come in a 30 second elevator pitch, but that's where life is. And that's what I'm so passionate about is this, you know, it's this container for real life, supporting people as they go through real life day-to-day stuff so that you can grow through it because we can't be these isolated beings that just go and meditate, you know, I don't know, for three months and then come back and then you have to integrate into your life. Like there isn't this, you know, I've all of a sudden become enlightened and here I am. It's this process of trial and error. And it's really accepting that following that path is the beauty of being human. And these polarities of things being so challenging and so, and so rewarding is being human. So true. And that is such a big wisdom when we realize that it's all about the journey and not necessarily the destination. I think the first time I realized that was when I climbed Mount Kilimanjaro and for seven days we were just climbing up and then we were on top of the mountain for 15 minutes and then we were climbing down. So it was exactly the message that I got was that it was, yes, we were moving towards a goal, but it was never about the goal. It was about every single day, every single hour that we spent together on in the mountains with Mother Earth. Like it was those moments that counted and not necessarily just reaching that goal that lasted for 15 minutes. And I believe life is like that as well. I love that example. Like just that Mount Kilimanjaro, that is such a perfect example of like, I love that you only stay on the summit for 15 minutes. Like that's such a beautiful analogy of it. And yes, it's cliche, but it's also cliche because it's true. Um, And I think the polarities and, you know, and, and your desires and your drive and what you want to achieve, those things are very worthy of our attention and they will take you to where you want to go. 
we talked about unworthiness and um, within our community of mompreneurs, I realize that a lot of times as entrepreneurs, we link our own self-worth to the value of our company. So when it's doing good, we feel really good about ourselves. And then when it's not doing so well, we also feel that we are not worthy enough. So there's a link between our worthiness to anything. It could be our business, could be how we look, it could be our body, etc. all of these external things. Can you tell us what happens that makes one act from a place of unworthiness? I love this question and I love this conversation. And I think it's so important to just, first of all, preface all of this, that when we're talking about self-worth, we have to have this huge bucket of compassion for ourselves and our journeys and where we are. And that if your self-worth is not in a good place, that's okay. But it's about really getting that the viewpoint of this curious observer. And again, like pouring like a bucket, like you're pouring a bucket of honey on yourself. That's just compassion about your journey and where you are. Mm -hmm. Because the point of these conversations is to not to, you know, make you feel more shameful about where you are or make you feel worse. It's about that curiosity of, okay, this is where I am. What stories have gotten me here and the knowledge that you have the power to change those stories. And again, this beautiful system called human design teaches us that most people, 70% of people have an undefined heart center. And what that means is that you have an inconsistent act. You have inconsistent access to knowing that you are worthy, but it doesn't mean that you're not worthy all the time. It means that you can feel unworthy, but it's not acting from that place. And you nailed it perfectly when you said that, like, how do we not act it's this, it's this practice of not feeling worthy, but not acting from that place or practicing acting as if you were worthy. And what decisions would you make then? What would you say yes to? What would you say no to? What would change? And it's can be a really, this can be very confronting. This can bring up a lot of emotions and a lot of trauma and a lot of, you know, history and other things. And that's Okay. And if you need to work through those things with, you know, a therapist, a coach, a guide, that's okay. I love how these things are being normalized because we can carry so much trauma in that center. But it's also, you know, yes, 70% of the population doesn't have consistent access to knowing they're worthy. However, in those centers that are open or undefined, you also have the deepest capacity for wisdom. So we get this beautiful gift that even if you don't feel worthy yourself, you have this capacity to guide others in their worth, to guide others with what they should be charging in their business, to guide others in, in a sense of, you know, who they are and standing in their worth and reminding them that it's safe and okay to do so. And of course, as women, there's a whole other layer of really being powerful and standing up and making a lot of money while having a family, while like, you know, quote unquote, doing it all which, you know, you and I both share the same thoughts on that. And that's what this is all based around is that, you know, you don't have to do it all, but you can have it all. Exactly. And it is prioritizing yourself and what helps you feel good. And that can be, you know, that is a radical act right there is prioritizing yourself above everything else. Um, but the last thing I'll say about the worthiness thing is that really, if you don't feel worthy, the, the lane into feeling worthy is self-acceptance. And how can you sit with yourself and really know that 
just by you being sitting there, standing there, whether you're washing the dishes, listening to this, or you're driving, or you're doing whatever, or you're exercising, just knowing that by you being there, breathing right now, you are worthy. Absolutely. I remember during one of our events, um, one of the mompreneurs, the discussion was about the awards and six-figure businesses and seven-figure businesses and funding. And I realized that some of the stay-at-home moms or moms who were just starting um, their businesses, they didn't feel that they are included in the conversation. And then we shifted the conversation completely to the fact that it is super important to appreciate ourselves for our being and not doing. So we are worthy and we are enough. I think that was the main message that we wanted to give at one of our events that we are enough for our own being and for our existence. And then everything that we do, definitely those are amazing things that we want to achieve in life and and we want to set goals and we want to achieve them and feel good about them. But that foundation should be already there that we are enough for our own being. And I think that's a very important message to send across as well. Totally. And even as like a more practical thing, it's like even just writing down what you believe about worthiness. Like, do you do you have a story or do you have a belief that you've held on to that you need to make a certain amount of money in order to be worthy? Do you have to have, you know, a certain lifestyle or a certain home or like what stories have you told yourself or what stories have you picked up from, you know, society or your family that you need this in order to be worthy and you have the power to change those stories and sometimes just by bringing awareness to them and writing it down you have freedom from that story and sometimes it takes a little bit more um massaging and sitting with and work in order to move through through those things but it's really possible to shift our beliefs in an, in a moment because when it's when you see it written down that you're like oh i'm not worthy until i make I don't know, $150,000 a year, then if you look at it, that's ridiculous. Like you can kind of rationalize it a little bit and see like, that's not true. And I mean, I think parenthood is the biggest thing and biggest lesson for me to mm-hmm. with worthiness is like, look at your kid. Like my son was born worthy. He still is. He is a little light and that is never going to leave him. So if I believe that about him, then the true, the same has to be true about me. I love that, Cara. And that's, again, such an important message to send across that we are our own being and our own existence is enough. A lot of times that unworthiness, I believe it comes from not having the right boundaries. So how important is it to set boundaries in life? Oh, good question. Um if boundaries are such a big thing, there's something that I still work on a lot. I totally thought that parenthood would make me better at boundaries. <laughs> and it has not. It has just amplified where I need to set stronger boundaries. I don't know why I had this idea that like, you know, setting a boundary not only for me, but for my baby would be easier. Definitely wasn't. I feel like I got a little bit like duped on that one. <laughs> but but setting boundaries is so important, especially around our own em- emotional and mental health. And a boundary can be as simple as saying no. And something I've said for years is that no is a complete sentence. I love that. And you don't need to explain yourself. You can just say no. And the other thing from a mentor of mine, which I love and have have held on to, is that when you're honest with someone, they can never be truly mad at you. 
So if you, you know, if something's not aligned, if you don't want to do something, you can say, you know, you can be gracious. We can all be kind, good humans, but you can say that's not in alignment right now. That's not a priority. I don't have time in my schedule. Um, And it's understanding that also I've seen this a few times and I love it more recently is that just because you have time available doesn't mean that you have the capacity to do something. Mm. So it's not filling every moment of our day with things. It's really prioritizing the opposite. It's prioritizing rest. It's prioritizing what you need. And boundaries can be very unnatural to set for someone who has been a people pleaser for their entire lives. Um, I finally stopped calling myself a reforming people pleaser. I think I've, I've finally kind of evolved past that. It's not that I'll never have a moment of people pleasing again in my life, but I finally, after years of work with that, feel freedom from that label. Um, Mm -hmm. But if you've, you know, if you're attached to that and you're still in the people pleasing mode, you're going to have to understand that people's reactions to you setting boundaries says nothing about you and everything about them. And not in a way that they are, you know, that their reaction is like, not in a way that you're a victim, not in a way that you can control their reaction, but how someone reacts to something speaks to them and not you. So you're not responsible for their reaction. You're responsible for holding your own boundaries and your own space. And I really think that this is one of the best results of working with someone, you know, as a coach, doing the personal growth work is being able to set boundaries and seeing how freeing it is, how good you feel, how much happier and healthier and fulfilled you are. And it can be as simple as saying like, you know, with a family member, I don't want to talk to you three times a week. Like it can be something where you just set those boundaries and you don't have to always inform other people as well. So it's giving yourself the space to sit down and and say, okay, you know, with this relationship, where are my boundaries? And then you can enforce them when they come up. And as you mentioned, it can come from the place of love and compassion. It doesn't need to be aggressive. I love the saying that those who matter don't mind and those who mind don't matter. So it's also like, who are the people around us? If they know that we're prioritizing our own health and well-being and we need to say no more often, then those who matter will understand that this is what matters in our life. Um, And I think one of the biggest lessons that I learned as well is that every time I say yes to something, it means that I'm automatically saying no to other things at the same time. So it is important to say yes to things that are a priority. And for me, identifying my top three values really helped me. Um, So there is, it's a journey. um, But when I identified that well-being, family and business are my top three values in life, I only say yes to other things when I have taken care of these three. And yes. I think that's how I personally found that harmony in my life by taking care of the things that are important first. And then if there is any time left, then I would take care of other things. So it sometimes means that I need to say no to a coffee with friends because I need to exercise because at that point, exercising is more important. So exactly as we talked before as well, we always say you can have it all, but you can't do it all. So it's important to prioritize what is um, important in our life. Yes, and I wish I had learned this earlier. <laughs> I, I love the prioritization. Like I think the, I think balance is a total illusion. And it's something that's not achievable. It's something that's a cultural expectation that leads to burnout and frustration and just nothing good. And I think that you've, I mean, of course, 
going from your values is so amazing. And I've, I've seen another person who's like, pick three, like pick three out of a list of like family, friends, work, um, health, like there, there's a list of things and you can really only choose three. And at first that may seem like it's limiting, but when you actually start to play around with it and, and adopt that in your life, it becomes so freeing because you actually see results in the areas that you want to, because you're actually spending time on them. And I think that, again, if you look at your values and you look at your calendar, how do those things match? If you say you value family, for instance, but you're only, you know, you're working most of the, the waking hours of your kids, that's not an alignment in your values with your schedule. Or you say you value your well-being, but there's no space in your schedule for exercise. Those things don't go together. So I think it can be really enlightening to look at what you value and your calendar and see where those, those match or not. And then again, put in the things that you need first, like prioritization is something that it's so simple, but when you really hammer down and commit to it, it's profound. So true. And we're going back to the original topic of clarity. So all of these comes from that having clarity on what is it that we want? What are our values? What are the things that give us that inner fulfillment? And then saying no to everything else. And as you mentioned, I also agree with you that the balance is an illusion, but alignment is something that yes. you know, I believe that's what you uh, believe in as well. So how do you define the alignment between mind, body and soul in what you do? Mm. First of all, the, the overarching theme of that is that it's holistic. We are whole beings. Like you can't separate your mental health from your business or your parenting or any, any aspects of your life. I think we are holistic beings where everything we do in every area will improve or not um, the other areas in our life. So alignment is really, it's about choosing the better action, choosing the higher thought over and over and over again with what you want to achieve or with how you want to feel. Um, I don't work as much in the realm of like, of course, of course, with clients, we have goals and very concrete things. But in an overall, you know, fulfillment and how you feel on a daily basis, it's more about how you want to feel rather than what you want to achieve. Because often we can tap into those feelings far easier and far more frequently than achieving something. And of course, this all stems from Danielle Laporte's desire map, which I love um, and adore and have used for many years. So it's really getting down to those core desired feelings. And really just sitting with them and again playing with them if you choose those feelings that you want to cultivate more you choose those values you can change them after a week if you've started to prioritize those things and then you realize that oh even if you prioritize well-being and you start going to the gym and you're hating it can you go for a run outside can you do a spin class can you do an online something like there's so many options where you can find what works best for you but again, alignment is knowing what you want, taking the time to be really honest and reflect on what that is. I think we need space in order to create clarity as well. And that's one of the most powerful things about, you know, someone who's working with me is that they're carving out an hour every week for them. And they have the space to talk and go through what's been happening. And they have a safe space to explore themselves. And I know that I also get caught up in the day-to-day, -day, you know, day-to-day -day life. And I got get caught up from taking the one step from my office at home to my toddler that's outside the door. And there's no space there. So regardless of whether you're working someone um, formally or not, it's how can you create the space for you 
every single week, every day, even if it's five minutes, so that you can gain that clarity when you're in that space. Because if you never have time to reflect or to sit with yourself, you'll just be a hamster on a wheel adding another thing to your to-do list. And then when you have that clarity, then alignment comes when you are faced with a decision and you choose, even if it's harder, even if it takes more time, even if it's not what you feel like, you choose that higher thought, you choose that higher priority, you choose that higher task in order to move you to where you want to go. It's this sense of devotion to what you want to create so that even if it doesn't feel good in the moment, or even if you don't want to do it in the moment, you will because you have this drive to create that alignment and to really, you know, live into those values that you say you desire. And I feel that in order to achieve that, we need to practice do less more often. Um, and that comes from somebody like myself also. I was really caught into the busyness of my business. Like I was always busy doing different things. And I had to start appreciating the pauses in between. This is something that we're practicing with our mompreneurs within the community. This is a discussion that we had yesterday that one of them was saying it's really hard for me to stop doing something and say, let's just start by adding two minute pauses between each of the tasks. So even if that is a very small action that we take, but let's do less in order to appreciate more. And then we achieve more. There is a very interesting paradox here that when we do less, and we focus on things that matter the most, we actually achieve more as well at the end of the day. Exactly. The thing I always say with those like two, I love that you chose two minutes because that's the time that I, that I always choose with people to implement something. Mm-hmm. Um, but those two minutes, the thing with that is that it's easy to do, but it's also easy not to do. And that's where the work is, is choosing to do it, even though it's easy not to do, choosing to do it, even though there's a million other things could be that you could be doing, choosing to do it, even though it seems silly, because it's those daily tiny things that add up to make profound exponential changes. And I wish I could somehow like explain this to people that haven't experienced it yet, or like paint a picture of how rewarding it is. Because again, you know, it's those daily things that are going to make up like our days, make up our weeks, make up our months, make up our years. Like it's really taking those two minutes a day seems so simple and it can seem almost like superficial or frivolous, but it's not. Let's give this as a homework to our audience that starting from today, we all add two minutes of silence or pause between each of the activities. And as you mentioned, these sound simple, but the result is profound. Like they make a huge difference when we start adding more pauses and silence into our life so we can reflect and we bring actually the creativity, I would say, to our world. So instead of trying to solve problems all the time, these silent moments will bring solutions on their own as well, if that makes sense. Yes. And it's just like getting away from, you know, if you if you're stuck on a problem and you keep ruminating on it and then all of a sudden you're cooking dinner and then you get a light bulb, right? Like we need exactly, to shift yeah. our shift our state. And and usually that's shifting our physical state so that we can get out of it and just let our brain work in the background and trust that we have the answers and also trust your own workflow. Like I work very efficiently, but if you looked at what I was doing, like I'll be, you know, I kind of like take my time to get into things and I'll be like doing some journaling when I only have an hour to work, right? I'll be doing some journaling and I'm not always I this, but this is where I work the best. And this conversation is a really good reminder for me to continue to implement those things more strictly with myself. Um, but I'll be doing all of these auxiliary things that help me feel centered and in flow and in alignment. And then when I sit down to actually do the work, it will take me a quarter of the time that it would otherwise 
So it's experimenting with my process. And other people have commented, like I, I was before kids, I was very intentional with a morning routine. And I look forward to the day where my toddler sleeps and I can wake up before him. <laughs> but, but it is, you know, it's, I was so strict on it and I was judged quite harshly by some people about the time that I would take in the morning for myself. And, you know, everyone has their own process. And for me, even though that doesn't look like getting up and hammering out all these things or doing the hardest thing first, my process is quite different than most people's. But when I allow myself to follow what I know to be best for me, I'm so much more efficient in all areas. I'm so much more present. I'm so much more um, just easygoing. Yeah, it just flows better. It's not, I'm still doing the same things, but my approach to them and how I feel about them is drastically better when I let myself follow my own process. And I just think we need all need, if I could gift everyone who's listening to this, a permission slip to honor their own process and honor how they know they get things done the best, even if it doesn't subscribe to the norm or how we should be doing things or how this person said you should do things that's super successful. Like I've really learned to stay in my own lane and to really focus on what I know works for me while getting value from other people and mentors and teachers, but not trying to copy what they do exactly because they're them and I'm me. And our processes of getting things done can be very different. And yeah, I mean, I I was at a, a I was at such an interesting time when I was judged for my process and I moved away from it because of that and probably cost myself a lot of growth and time and money from not listening to what I knew to be true. This is a, such a powerful message, uh, Cara, that you have shared. And I think that that is one of the main takeaways of uh, this um, conversation as well you talked about your toddler you are a mom yourself I love to know how do you find that balance I know we talked about balance being an illusion (laughs) but how do you find that harmony between your roles oh that's such a good question um I really try and I'm not an expert by any means my son is 19 months old right so like we're Mm -hmm. 19 months into this parenting thing but it's been the most beautiful experience and I have wanted to be a mom since you know before I can remember so it's been so fulfilling um but what I've learned is that I need to be present with him um when I'm with him and then when I'm in my office I'm present with my work and with the beautiful people that I get to chat with and my work really lights me up and I think the the biggest gift that being a mom has given me in the realm of my business is that it's made it very clear what's worth it to put my time in and what's not because before I'm like well maybe something good could come from this or you know I was like I wish I could you know show my pre-mom self how incredibly inefficient I was being (laughs) or that this time to just be is so precious but of course that's another life lesson um but it really clarified for me in a huge way what's worth it for me to be away from my son or not Mm. and then really trying to be present with him when I'm with him And honestly, I still, I've had to create, I do have really good boundaries around my phone with client, like with working or not, but I will find myself on Facebook or on Instagram, just scrolling and taking things in uh, more often than I would like to be. And I know that's exacerbated when I'm tired. And like I said, I have been blessed with a toddler who does not sleep. So that's just part of, I need to know, okay, where can I take care of myself? I need to nap with him on most days in order to get that baseline of, of health and well-being for myself. So I've started to notice the things that 
I don't like are actually a result of me not taking care of myself. Me wanting to zone out on my phone is that I'm, I'm too tired. I don't have the capacity. So I need to create more space. Um, I, one thing I could work on is creating transition space. And I am going to implement that two minutes of when I stop working to when I go and see him. I am going to just keep in my office for two more minutes than I normally would to create that space because that's something that's so crucial and so needed for me to create that transition time because I don't drive somewhere to work. I don't have that automatic transition of driving or coming home. Um, So if you work from home, it's creating that transitional space. Um, And it's really, you know, again, I, I, I feel like I'm saying the same thing, but it's getting clear on your values and where are you spending your time there? Um, and I really thrive in a routine. I'm not a strict schedule kind of person, but I do need consistency. So the more that I ask for support, which is another huge lesson of mine, the better I am with, you know, being a mom and parenting and doing all of the other things. And honestly, it's a lot, but all of it is so rewarding that I wouldn't trade it. Thanks for sharing all of these very useful tips. And um, I would say that the two minutes are actually not as easy Um and I, I feel that we're also attached to do things back to back. In your TEDx talk, you talked about when we go in the elevator for 30 seconds, we still need to check our phone. So I think we are not comfortable with sometimes be, being with ourselves only for even two minutes. And it's so important to add that space yeah. and just sit down without doing anything. So I think that would be the biggest takeaway of this talk. I love that you acknowledge that. And I love that, you know, it's, I remember the first time I meditated when I was in nutrition school. Um, and it was, I think, I think she started with two minutes and I think I lasted about 30 seconds before I was Mm -hmm. like, what is this? And I just love that you acknowledge that. Yeah, it might be, it might, again, it's so simple, but it might not be easy, but just because it's not easy at first doesn't mean that it's not good for you just giving you the permission to be uncomfortable to only last for 30 seconds the first time. And just again, if you need something to go back to come back to your breath, feel your feet on the floor, feel your body. And then that might give you a good indication of, okay, I need to drink more water or, you know, my back is sore. I'm going to go roll it out or I'm going to book a massage. Um, And really listening to those little prompts that our bodies give us. And also knowing that if your brain is running a million miles a minute in those two minutes, that's okay too. It's part of the process. And again, as you mentioned in your talk as well, it is exactly like a muscle that we're growing over time. So it might take time. It might start with 30 seconds, Mm -hmm. then two minutes, then five minutes, and then adding those spaces between our tasks really help us to reflect and be more present for the next uh, task that we have in hand. And it's just getting curious about it. What would happen if I just sat here? What would it be like if I took an elevator without reaching on my phone? Like, it's really just having that playful curiosity. Honestly, like, my default is not playful. <laughs> my default is more serious, calculated, logical. But I've learned over time to really cultivate that playfulness and that kind of lightheartedness because of the deep, deep work that I do with people. You need that. So even when you are sitting for two minutes, it's like you, you have to just lighten up a little bit about trying new things about trying things that are hard or confronting and just let it be what it is but not get caught up in the spiral of 
oh no, I felt this way. Is that wrong? Now I have anxiety. I did the two minutes wrong. I don't know if I'm going to try this again. Like (laughs) going through that pattern, just be super curious about what comes up. What would happen if you put your phone on airplane mode for an hour? Um, but play with those things and, and just see what, see what happens. Be curious. Cara, I love, love, love our conversation. And I'm glad that we are both in North Vancouver. So after the whole COVID thing is gone, I can't wait to meet you in person as well. Absolutely. And, um, tell us how can our audience stay in touch with you? So I love to mostly hang out on Instagram. I'm the Soul Clarity Coach there. You can also find me um, just as my name, Kara Halber, on Facebook. But just come play, um, have a conversation. I'm totally open to just being a resource and hopefully someone who um, provokes you into some deeper thinking and questions. And um, I often do daily reminders on Instagram of just something that comes up intuitively to tune into or ask yourself or play with. And I just think giving yourself again, that space to explore your inner world will help you feel so much more connected to who you are, which will help give you the empowerment that you desire to be confident on the outside and to really reach, reach those goals that you have, whether they're internal or external. And those desires of yours are so important. So I just give you permission. And I hope that this encourages you to play in that inner world and to be that curious observer and really see, okay, I, this is who I am and this is what I want and how can I amplify that in the most beautiful way. Um, if you're interested in diving deeper into who you are and how you best navigate the world, I find one of the best tools for really in, enhancing that knowledge about ourselves and really kind of sparking that personal growth in a very logical way um, is is the system called human design. So I do do readings with that. So in the show notes, there will be a link. If you're curious, more information is there. I would be so honored to do a reading um, for you. And I, I just have found it in my own life to be so insightful about how I work, my energy type, how I interact with other people, the best way to make decisions. And honestly, since implementing and really living into my own design, it's been something that has impacted me in so many positive ways and so deeply that I feel, again, more aligned, more positive, more like I'm on the right path. And I've been seeing more and more success um, from diving in that way. So it would be my honor to connect um, to connect with people there too. We will have all the links in the show notes. Thank you again, Cara, for sharing your wisdom and sharing uh, the beautiful tips with our audience. Make sure to follow Kara on on Instagram and Facebook and book your session with her to learn more about the human design concept. I'm personally very curious to learn more about it and I'm sure we will all benefit from this concept. Hope you will all have a fabulous day. Thanks again, Kara. Thank you so much for having me. I'll see you all in the next episode.